Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransombello. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, Judges chapter 1, verse 2. Judges chapter 1, verse 2. If you're there, can you say amen? Okay. Well, let's start from verse 1. Judges chapter 1 verse 1. The New King James translation says, Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall be first to go up for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? When was this? When did this happen? If you look at the scripture, it says, After the death of Joshua. Can you say with me, after the death of Joshua? After the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel inquired of the Lord and said, Who shall be first to go up for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? Then verse 2 says, And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Indeed, I have delivered the land into his hand. So let's start from verse 1. It says, after the death of Joshua. Somebody say Joshua. Joshua. I want you to preach with me now. Say Joshua. Joshua. The meaning of Joshua is Jesus. Joshua actually means Jesus in the original translation. It means Jehoshua, which means salvation or the Lord, my Savior. So Joshua here symbolizes Jesus. Uh, It says, after the death of Joshua, the children of Israel inquired of the Lord, saying, who will go up first for us against the Canaanites? Now, um, the Canaanites were people who were in, obviously Canaan, that were possessing temporarily the land for which God had promised the Israelites. Follow me closely. Are you getting this? So, God told Abraham that I'm going to um, give you a land that is flowing with milk and honey and your descendants shall inherit the land. It means your descendants will possess the land. And it was actually talking about the land of Canaan. But the problem here is that after Joshua has died, someone needs to go up for the Israelites. Or someone needs to represent Israel to take over the land which God promised Israel. Now, if you follow my teachings closely, you would know that everything in the Old Testament is linked to the new covenant reality. Meaning that when you see something in the Old Covenant... You can always trace it to Christ. You can always trace it to what Jesus was going to do in the future. So it's called types and shadows. So can you say with me types and shadows? Types and shadows are events or typologies that take place in the old covenant pointing you to what Christ is eventually going to come to do. Those are types and shadows. And I said to you that Joshua... Represents who? Say it loud. Joshua represents who? 
Let's say it loud one more time. Joshua represents who? Jesus. And the meaning of Joshua is Yehoshua, which is Jesus, or the Lord my salvation. After the death of Joshua, when Jesus came, he died. And after the death of Jesus, what happens? Jesus on the cross procured your victory. And he didn't come for himself. Even though when he came the first time, he divested himself of the glory that he originally had with the father. So when he came as man, he was operating as a man, not as God. And that's the reason why Jesus had to pray. Jesus had to fast. Jesus had to thank God. In fact, the Bible says he learned obedience by the things that he suffered because he was a man. So he wasn't accessing God as God, even though he was God, even though he was 100% God and 100% man. But he was accessing God as man. So, it tells you that whatever Jesus was able to do as a man, he laid a precedence for you and I that when his spirit will come in you, you'll be able to do the same. Are you still here? Okay. Uh, After the death of Jesus, he procured victory for you. I said to you some times ago that there is no need for the victory of Jesus if you don't enjoy it. Because he didn't need the victory by himself. Jesus didn't need the victory. He was already who he needed to be before he came. So the victory that he won on the cross was your victory. So can you say after me, the victory is my victory. There is no need for the victory of Jesus if the believers don't enjoy it. After the death of Joshua, after the death of Jesus, what happened? The word came that God now declared, Judah will go up for me first to represent the Israelites. Who knows what the meaning of Judah is? Are you sure? Okay, if you're sure, say it loud. Let's go to verse 2. It says, and the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Indeed, I have delivered the land into whose hands? No, who is the he there? Say Judah's hands. So, The victory that the Israelites already had as a promise would come to them in experience through Judah, which means praise. And if you link this to New Testament reality, you would realize that everything, now listen carefully to what I'm I'm, I'm going to say. Everything that Christ is, is who you are. Everything that Jesus is, is who you are. There is no difference between Christ and you in the spirit. There is no difference between Christ and you, which is the you in heaven. I hope you know you are in heaven now. 
Okay, that's strange to some people. The Bible says that while Jesus was lifted up, you, first of all, you died with him, you were buried with him, you rose with him, and you are seated with him. So there is a positional experience of you that is enjoying the heavenly blessings now. Are you still here? So you are seated in Christ in the heavenly places far above principalities and powers. That is your position. So you are actually enjoying some things presently that you don't know. Can I say that again? You are actually enjoying some things now that you are not conscious of. So, let me use an example. Chibuzo, in the heavenlies now, is in the highest possible realm of what wealth he would ever experience in his whole lifetime. But right now, if I, it's not even a matter of amen, you're already there. So, right now, Shibuzo is experiencing the highest level of glory that he possibly can ever experience because it's a positional experience. Somebody say positional. positional. It is something that he has by virtue of position. So in Christ Jesus, there is no difference between you and Christ. But this is the key or this is the catch. When Jesus was talking to the disciples, he told the disciples that I will give to you what the keys of the kingdom. He was talking to people who were in the kingdom, not outside of the kingdom. He says, I will give to you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall what? Is this shall be bound or shall have been bound? Shall the original shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you lose here must have been loosed there. So if you want to know the secret of experiencing heaven's reality, do what is in heaven now. What you know is bound in heaven, bind it here. You will see it happen. What you know is loosed in heaven, lose it here. You're going to see it happen. So he says, I will give to you what? The keys of the kingdom. Tell someone the keys of the kingdom. Say it loud. Say the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on the earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on the earth shall be loosed in the heavens. Now look at this. If you talk about the keys of the kingdom, you must talk about a door. Am I correct? And... Why should a door be locked if what is behind the door is not important? That's the reason why believers or Christians are not experiencing some things. Because they don't know how to unlock some doors. So not every Christian is going to operate in the same level of experiential victory. Even though Jesus gave you the same level of victory. Are you still here? But if you know how to unlock your door or how to unlock the keys of the kingdom, you are going to experience what is actually yours and you're going to become who you really are. So that's what it means. So I've said all that to say this, that 
even though you are in Christ, you can suffer some things now because you lack knowledge. The Bible says my people perish because of what? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge of the key. So when we gather here together to say, let's praise God, we don't realize that praise is one of the keys of the kingdom to unlock some things. Are you still here? Praise is one of the keys of the kingdom to unlock some things. Now, the Israelites gathered and said, who shall go before us? And God said, send Judah to go first. It means let praise unlock the victories that Joshua fought for. Are you getting my point? Joshua fought a battle, won the battle, and the Canaanites were meant to be the children of Israel for possession. And it's the same way. Jesus went to the cross, fought your battle, won your battle, and your praise can unlock his victory for you. Are you still here? So he says that if you praise me, I'm going to release for you what is already yours. Let's keep reading Judges chapter uh, 1 verse 2. Judges chapter 1 verse 2. It says, And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Indeed, I have delivered the land into his hand. Somebody say, indeed. indeed. No, say indeed like I want you to say. Say indeed. Can I tell you that indeed God has delivered victory to your praise? If you praise him, you will see what you've not seen before. How many of you know to move from one level to another, the difference is you must praise on that level to get to another level. Many people are waiting for things to be all fixed before the praise. If that's what it is for you, you will never praise. If you are waiting for everything to be all put together, look, when you see people dressed, people are looking very good, people are looking fine and they smell nice, it doesn't mean they have things all fixed together. But it still doesn't mean that you should not praise. So he says, indeed, I have delivered the land into his hand. Who is this person? Somebody say Judah. That's your praise. When you go back home today, praise God. You know, I was pondering over many things. And I, I just said to myself, if not for God, I will not be where I am now. There are many things that disqualify me as a person. And of, of course, I'm sure it applies to you too. There are many things that I have today. I got them not because of how much I have. I was thinking about my kid brother, you know. I, was, I think it was it you I was telling how that even not for the mercies of God, I probably would have lost my brother. I, I wouldn't be saying I have a brother today. Involved in terrible, ghastly accidents, cast some assaulted, you know. And, but he's alive. Came out on, on scratched, not with one scratch. The car was, the car landed upside down, had to get out of the car from the back windscreen. It's that bad. 
And if, when he came out of it, he said the first thing he was looking out for was somebody he knew. Because death and life passed him in the twinkle of an eye. Many of you, God has severed you from death. And you don't remember, so you don't praise. The only thing we're doing now is complaining about what he has not done. We're complaining about what God has not done for you yet. But you are not praising him for the one he has done. We must come with an attitude of gratitude today. And it is not about chanting a praise. Like when we come to church, we just begin to chant a praise. That's not it. It's about having the attitude. Actually, when you are saying the praise, it should be what is coming out of your heart. So, not because we said today is raise the praise. And we said, I'm coercing you to even give God praise. Or I'm saying give God praise and then you have to do it because someone is telling you to do it. We are in the middle of the year, 2015, before this year started. Many of us said we wanted to get some things done before the end of the year. He did it for you before the middle. Praise him for it. Praise him for it. You are in the middle of the year. You're saying you want to achieve something before the first month. The half of the year is gone. You haven't seen it yet. But still, the psalmist says that I will bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. All that is within you praising God is both what you can see and can't see praising him. What it means is as I bless God now, what is within me praises him, which is my family, my children are praising him. The wealth that I'm going to experience in the next few months is already praising him with me. He said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. So, if you don't praise, you're not giving opportunity for your potential to praise. Did you get that? If you don't praise, you're not giving opportunity for what is inside you that will soon manifest to praise. He said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me Praise his name. It's quiet in here. In 15 seconds, just, just think about a few things and say, Lord, I praise you for this. Just praise him. Just praise him. In 15 seconds, just praise him for some things in your life. Praise him for some of the things that you've gone through. Praise him for some of the things you've experienced. Praise him for some of the things that you like, the things you don't even like. Praise him for all those things. In fact, not some, all those things. Praise him for it. Hallelujah. Look at me, everybody. The reason why God loved David was because even though David, according to history, David was kind of like an illegitimate son. And he was at the backside of his father's bush. But the life of David was not perfect. If you look at his life, he wasn't really a perfect guy. And even when he became king, he did atrocities. David was anointed of the Lord, but still didn't get things right altogether. But why did David say, uh, why did God say, I have found a man after my heart? You could tell that David was in love with God. Who has written love letter here before? 
if you read the writings of David, if you, if you read his poems, you will know that this is a guy who is in love. David was in love with God. Not in love with the things of God. David was so in love with God that nothing was an obstacle for him. Nothing. And he said to one of the prophets that I rather prefer to fall into the hands of God's judgment than any other judgment. Because he knew that his love for God will compel God to have mercy on him. You could tell that David was in love. Is it Job? You could tell that Job loved God. Um, God and Satan had a meeting. In fact, they had an argument. And in the argument, Satan was telling God that Job is actually praising you, doing all these things. Because, because of what? Because of the hedge you put around him. If I could touch Job and cause him to be sick, he won't praise you. And God said, go ahead. And when God opened the hedge for Satan to come in, Satan came in, killed his children. Job, first of all, lost his business. Have you lost things before? Of course, it didn't feel good. He lost his kids, lost his business. He had a bad marriage. In fact, his wife told him, curse God and die. And you know what Job said? Job said, the Lord give it. The Lord take it. Still, blessed be the name of the Lord. So I will not cease my praise because of the things that I've lost. No, I won't. I won't cease my praise because of the things that I miss right now. I will not. So, God said to the children of Israel, Pastor Adil, that Judah will go for them. Judah will go up for them. Let's see verse 3. Verse 3. So, Judah said to Simeon, his brother, come up with me. To my allotted territory. I don't know if I can really preach this today. Judah said to Simeon. Come up with me. Can I tell you that. Anytime you praise. You are going up. That's what it is. Anytime you stand to praise. You are going up. So do you know the secret. To climb and rise above trials and challenges. Stay in them and praise. And watch yourself go beyond them. Judah said to Simeon, he says, Come up with me to my allotted territory. When you praise God, you are heading for a territory of victory. That's what is going to happen to you when you praise God. But I want you to look at something here. It says, Judah, who is praise, spoke to Simeon. I had to check the meaning of Simeon. Simeon means revelation. Your praise is more effective when it is going alongside with revelation. 
If you notice, every time that Paul will give an introduction, he will say, bless the Lord, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family of the earth is named, that he will grant to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So when Paul is praising, he will pray that the people also praise with him And revelation accompanies his praise. It's easy to praise God when you have revelation. Okay, let me say that again. It is easy to what? Praise God when you have what? Revelation. Revelation is what you can't see, but what is. That's revelation. Revelation is what you are not in touch with physically, but what actually is in existence. That's revelation. Revelation is more powerful than situation. People are more carried away by situation than revelation. So when you see someone who is not praising but crying or having a pity party, it's because the person is in situation, not revelation. Are you still here? If you come into the place of revelation... You will praise God because you know your destination is not where you are. Even though your beginning is small, your later end shall be greater than your beginning. Why is it that David was a praiser? How did he know that he would become a king? The only qualification David had to become a king was that he was a praiser. That's all. That's all. It is hard to break people who praise. In fact, it's hard to discourage people who are praisers. It's very difficult. It's hard to kill a praiser. If you put, David said, if you you put me in the bottom of the sea, you are there. Because God is in the sea with him for him to praise. If you put David in hell, God is in hell. Because God is there for him to praise. So, David will not see God or he will not see his situation and not see God. He will see God in the middle of his situation. Can I tell you, friends, that God is in the middle of this thing? I don't know what this thing is for you, but God is in the middle of it. It's your season to praise. Are you still here? Praise him when things are good. Praise him when things are bad. Praise him when you are hired. Praise him when you are fired. Praise him anyhow. Praise him any day. Praise him. So tell someone who is sitting by your side, don't let anything stop your praise. Tell the other person by your side, don't let anything shake your praise. He said, and we bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Meaning that there will be no moment in my life where my mouth will not Give him praise. He said, but by him, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise, which is the fruit of our lips. He's not talking about, see, if, if your praise is the fruit of your lips, it means your praise is coming from somewhere. Does that make sense to you? If your praise is the fruit of your lips, it means it's coming from your heart, which is the root of your praise. Are you getting my point? So, if you have an attitude of gratitude, 
Even when you are just whispering, Lord, I thank you, he hears it. He understands what you are saying. He feels where you are. Because your praise is actually coming from somewhere. Not people who are told to praise by force. Are you one of them? Huh? I want to assume those who are not answering are one of them. Are you one of them? When you get back home, begin to look at yourself. What is my attitude this season like? What's my behavior like? How am I behaving? You see, a praiser is not only known by what he says. He's also known by how he behaves. That's how you know a praiser. When they took Joseph and Joseph was going to, um, to Egypt, sold by his brothers, because Joseph had confidence in God, it didn't matter where he will be for his vision to be accomplished. He knew that even in Egypt, God was still going to make a way for him. And from the pit, he went to Egypt. From Egypt, he went to where? Potiphar's house. From Potiphar's house, he was thrown into what? The palace. I mean, into the prison. And from the prison, he went straight to the palace. The thing is, you don't know that God is tracing your troubles to your palace. The way to your palace is not through the road that you want to pass. Can I say that again? If many of you choose to say, Lord, I, I would rather go this way than this way because I feel if I go here, this is where I'm going to get. But God is saying, no, I want you to go through here. Because if you go through here, Psalms chapter 66 verse 10, if you go through, he says, he brought us through the fire, through the waters, through the storms. He brought us through the fiery trials and he led us into the wealthy place. Meaning that when I came out of the trial, he opened the door into the wealthy place. So the path to the wealthy place is your troubles. Praise him for it. Are you still here? He says, um, Simeon shall go with me. Your praise is a function of your revelation of what Christ has done for you. If you cannot link your praise to what Jesus has already done, then you haven't started praising well. Did you hear that? So your praise must be connected to revelation. Let me have the scripture again. It says, so Judah said to Simeon, his brother, come up with me to my allotted territory that we may fight against the Canaanites. Somebody said, when praise meets revelation. It says, and I will likewise go with you to your allotted territory. And Simeon went with him. Can I tell you this evening, let revelation go with your praise. Did you hear that? Let revelation go with your praise. Don't praise without revelation. Judah means praise. Simeon means revelation. Both of them were heading towards their allotted territory. If if the believer who has received the victory in Christ understand that praise is a key to unlocking the doors of the things that Jesus has procured for him, he will praise God. Use the key well. Somebody say use the key well. Use the key well. He would use the key of praise and revelation and access everything that God has provided for him. Praise God. So I want to just encourage you this evening that your praise must not go weak. 
No. Don't let your praise go weak. Don't let your praise go weak. Don't let your thankfulness go weak. There is always something to be thankful to God for. Always. There is always something to be praiseful about. There is always something to appreciate God for. Always. And if you don't have something to praise God for, praise him because you are alive. Because the Bible says where there is, where, 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 um, 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 he who has life has hope. There is hope for you as long as there is life in your nostrils. So lift your hands, everybody. Say, I will praise him. In fact, many of us, we say, our, in fact, you, 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 you want to wait for something big to happen before you, you praise. Your praise is costing too much. It's costing too much. Praise him for anything and everything. Don't let your praise cost too much. I like that. Don't let your praise. Many of us, we, what, what you want to do is you, you, you say things you don't mean. Because your heart is not connected to your praise. In fact, your, your, your mouth is writing a check that your heart can't cash. <laughs> do you understand? Let your praise, eh? let what is coming out of your mouth, let, let it be speaking what your heart is leaking. If your heart is leaking gratefulness, your mouth will say it. If your heart is grateful and thankful to God, your mouth will speak it. But you know the problem is we want to get all things fixed and things all put together before we praise. Or before we say, Lord, I'm thankful. See, a lot of us praise every day, but don't realize that the real praise begins from the heart. There's a heart of gratefulness. Man looks at the outside, but God looks at the inside. So as you gather here this evening and you're saying, Lord, I'm going to give you praise. God inhabits the praise of his people. If he looks into your heart, is he seeing a heart of gratefulness? Do you know why people complain so much, Chibuzo? People complain because they have changed focus. People, I mean, perpetual complain. Have you been around people who complain about everything and anything? You see, complaining creates an atmosphere. And those people who are in the atmosphere of those who complain are discouraged and weakened by their complaints. One of the things God hates is murmuring. Doesn't like it. Instead of you murmuring or complaining, praise. Somebody doesn't understand something very well. It's not, it's not an avenue for you to begin to complain to the point where you begin to affect your heart negatively. Instead, Keep focus and praise. Because he is the beginning, he's the author, and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. Let your praise go with revelation. There are keys to this kingdom. There are keys to this kingdom. Maybe another day I'm going to talk about the keys of the kingdom. And the keys of your kingdom should be your understanding of the principles that work for you to access what you already have in Christ. Are you still here? So praise is one of the keys. Praise is one of the keys. 
a praiser will always be a joyful person. Am I saying the truth? Yes. A praiser will always be a joyful person. Will always be a thankful person. A praiser, there is always something to be happy about. That's a praiser. Nothing to be complaining about every time. So touch your neighbor and say, stop complaining. Stop. Stop. Stop complaining. (laughs) Tell the person, keep praising. Keep praising. Keep praising. Keep praising. Keep praising. Keep praising. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. See, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. I will praise the Lord. He says, he says, you know, if you think about the greatness of God, there's so much of God to praise him for. And those who are limited in revelation don't know what to praise God for. It takes God to bring you into the place of revelation for you to understand who he really is and praise him for who he really is. Hallelujah. In 15 seconds, stretch your hands up high, one hand, and give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give God praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Sincerely from your heart, give him praise. Give him praise. I'm not going to tell you what to praise him for. But give him praise for everything. Magnify him for everything. God says, if only you praise me, I will change it for you. If only you praise me, I will turn it around for you. If only you praise me, I will give to you a new spirit. I will give to you a new heart. I will fill you with understanding. If only you praise me, let your mouth be opened as you praise him. Lift up a praise from your heart. From the gratefulness of your heart, give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Thank him for your church. Thank him for your leaders. Thank him for your family. You should have died a long time ago, but he saved you. You should have been long dead, gone, buried, but he preserved you. You should have been forgotten, but he saved you. Give him praise. You should have lost your job, but he kept it for you. Give him praise. There was someone better on the line and you shouldn't have been the one to be picked up. But he chose you. Many are called, but few are chosen. You were chosen of God. Give him praise. Irrespective of your flaws, irrespective of your weaknesses, irrespective of the trials you went through, he raised you. Give him praise. Irrespective of how you felt, irrespective of the... Of the places you're coming from. He says, I'm going to take you to somewhere that you can't reconcile with where you're coming from. Give him praise. I praise you because I understand. I praise you because I know all things are working together for my good. I 
praise you because I choose not to be discouraged. I choose not to be let down by my situation. I choose not to be talked down by people. I will give you praise in the middle of it. Oh, in the midst of the storm, I will lift my voice up and praise him. As the saint of the most high God, I will praise him. I will appreciate him for all that he is to me. I will give him praise. For Judah shall go up to Canaan. And the victory is theirs. Your praise is going before you right now. Your praise with revelation is coming before you. I have revelation of all Jesus is. So therefore I praise him because who Jesus is I am. I'm not the sick that the devil is trying to make me. But I am the healed the devil is trying to make sick. I am the rich that the devil is trying to make poor. It's illegal for me to go through the trials and the pains of life. But yet, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh, but blessed be the name of the Lord. I will praise him. 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 In the name of Jesus. <laughs> it is often said that if you are not grateful, you are a great fool. <laughs> if you are not thankful, it means you don't understand who you are in Christ. It takes the man and it takes the one who understands his position in Christ to be grateful to God. Because if you are conscious of your position, all that Jesus has accomplished for you, by revelation, if, you are, if revelation hits your praise, you will be thankful for revelation and not situation. Not be carried away by situation. Imagine in Chronicles, God said to the Israelites that you are going to attack the Amalekites and your your forward army will be the choir the people who sing the Levites the people who give God praise that will be the forefront line of your army and he said to them as your people are singing you are winning the battle many of you don't know that the way to another level like I said is praise praise him on this level are you ready to do that are you ready to praise him on your level don't wait till you get to the next level before you praise no praise him on this level praise him on this level praise him on this level it is as you begin to praise I will take you to the next level I will fight your battle for you I will be your God and you shall be my son. So somebody give him praise one more time on this level. I choose not to be a fool, not to give him praise. I know I owe him a praise. I know him, I owe him the praise that he deserves. I don't have things all fixed together yet. I don't have things all figured out yet. But I will praise him in the middle of the storm. I will praise him in the middle of the battle. I still will praise him. But by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. 
which is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to him for I shall yet praise him for he's the help of my countenance and because thou hast been my help in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice I praise you oh God I praise you oh God I praise you oh God this concludes this message Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.